Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place, South Tampa Campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. We don't manipulate people into transformation. We lead people into transformation. We put your arm around you, and we walk together, and it's going to be uh, messy. And it's going to be dirty because it's the work that Jesus does. He takes the broken things and he makes them whole. He takes the dirty things and he cleanses them. You know, he's the best mechanic. I know the Bible doesn't say he's a mechanic, but I found out he's a mechanic. Because I, I was a broken car and he needed to change my oil, my transmission. He needed to change everything here. You know, I look at my life and who I was 20 years ago, 5 years ago, 10 years ago, and how... You see a pastor today, but I was the kid at the club. I was the kid that thought had HIV. I, I was the kid that was suicidal and was going to end his life. I was the kid that everybody looked at and said, you were born to go to hell. That's what people told me. And I was going to end my life. And I would have missed out. I would have missed out in meeting every single one of you. I would have missed out in knowing, oh, the goodness of God. Because I didn't know. I, it's crazy. I start talking about the goodness. I want to cry. Because I didn't know that God was this good. I knew of a God that was ready to destroy me. I knew of Zeus. Jesus, not Jesus. You know, it was just like, he was ready to, I just made that up right now, kidding now. <laughs> but, um, but in uh, 20 years ago, I encountered his glory and I experienced some of his goodness. I only experienced his hand, literally. We were, I started going to church, and I saw a giant hand come through the ceiling, grab me, and snatch me away, literally. So for many years, I thought God was a hand. I'm like, God's a hand. I only experienced a hand. Snatch me away, put oil on me, dress me in an armor. But that's all I saw. And I used to tell people it was a hand. A hand grabbed me, a giant hand. That he is because he's so big. He's high and lifted up. <laughs> so he's big. I just didn't know. I mean, even raised in church, having experiences like that, I'm just like, it was a hand. That's all I know. <laughs> and then 10 years later, it's when I got to see him. 10 years. Sometimes God's going to give you promises, and you're going to have to wait. Just because God tells you what he's going to do, it doesn't mean it's tomorrow. The soon of God in eternity is very different than soon on earth. Because soon on earth is right now. Like tomorrow. He's like, well, one day is like a thousand years, a thousand years, like one day. I'm like, you're riddles. <laughs> He's like, they're not riddles. You're just upside down and I'm straight up, you know. I found out. It's wonderful thing God started showing me that I never knew made sense. And then I, I, I discovered his voice. Ten years ago, I heard his voice. Eleven. It was in January 7, 2011. I heard the voice of God. I saw Jesus, but when he spoke, I thought he was going to condemn me. I thought I was in church. I, was, I gave up in church. I walked away. I went to Bible college and backslid. It was crazy. There was more laws and regulations and stuff that said I quit. There was more hypocrisy and things that didn't make sense. I saw homeless people walking into the church and churches walking them out. I saw gay people coming to church and churches walking them out. And I'm like, wait. Something's wrong here. Why are we rejecting the very people he came to look for, but yet we claim to serve this God? Then either God's crazy or we're crazy. And I found out that we were crazy. I found out that God was always right and that we were always wrong. Because our interpretation, the moment you take the Holy Spirit out of the word and the interpretations of God, you got a wrong interpretation. If you take the fruits of the Spirit like joy and peace and kindness and faithfulness and goodness out of the Word, then you get law. But when you discover Him, you're like, I'll go. It's not fee, five, oh, five, will you go? It's just such a beautiful glory. You're like, oh my God, I'll go. But woe unto me because I'm an unman of unclean lips. When you truly see the God of God, when you see God, and you truly see his face, you first see yourself. 
you don't see the sins. If you're still seeing the sins of the world and never recognize your own sins and your own failures, you haven't seen the glory of God. Because when you see the glory of God, you, you, you bow down. You're like, oh, God, I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm wicked. I'm, when you see the beauty of God, you realize you're messed up. And the beautiful thing is he goes, it's okay, come. Because I, I said, Lord, he said, I want to touch you. I was like, oh, no, not like this. I'm a sinner. I don't even go to church. I lost my faith. I'm doubting. I'm confused. I'm, I'm broken. He said, That's how I want you. Come. That's how I want you. No, not like this, Lord. He said, this is how I want you. This is not how he wants to keep me. But this is how he wants me. Because then when he takes me, he takes me into this beautiful dance of love. And in this dance of love, he's transforming me. That dance of love is on the wheel of fire. I'm telling you, even when we were speaking earlier, it's in the refining fire. But it's a dance of love. It's not a dance of punishment. It's not a dance of judgment. It's not a dance of destruction. It's a dance of healing, a dance of discovery, a dance of restoration. And then by the time he lets you go, you're like, I'm a pastor now. <laughs> the kid of the club became a pastor. No way. People always ask me, oh, what's the formula? How did you do it? I ain't do nothing. All I did was believe. He spoke of beautiful. He said, I will love you. And then I believed. I was like, okay, I'll take this one step. See, people think, oh, I did a salvation prayer. I'm saved. Yeah, you're saved. But that's just the beginning. You, you saying a salvation prayer only means you accepted the first date. It doesn't mean you got married. You're just going on the first date. And then he starts taking you through this journey. And he starts, hey, you know that right there? I'll give you a perfect example. I'm already preaching, by the way. I'm not a professional Christian. We know that here. Uh, yeah, professional Christians send me to hell. I can't represent professional Christians. I'm just a worshiper. I'm just a guy that fell in love with the Lord because the Lord loved me first. Because he forgave me so much, now I love so much. It's that easy. I don't worship to show that I'm a worshiper because I am a worshiper. I worship. I'm not doing, I'm being who he said I am. And sometimes I get it wrong, but I get back up and I keep being. And little by little, I'm being and becoming more of me, the eternal me. In heaven, I'm a jester. <laughs> I tell people that if you're the first time or get used to it. <laughs> a jester, you know, I, I had a vision of heaven when my mom was going through cancer, God gave me a dream. And he took me into his kingdom. And I saw every believer that I ever met dressed as royalty. And it was a throne room. The girls had their beautiful, I saw them in Cinderella gowns. And I saw the men like princes, everyone, my dad, my old pastors, my enemy, they were all there. And I'm just like, what? And I was a jester. I don't know why. And I was standing next to the throne, little guy, just but then I got to go into the secret chamber where Jesus was at. And I got to grab his robe. And as he was walking, I was holding his robe and I was just following him. And I met a prophet and I was like, why was I a jester? She's like, oh, so beautiful. You don't mind being a fool for Jesus. I'm like, oh, I start crying. I'm like, oh my God. But why was I carrying his robe? Oh, because you're going to carry his glory everywhere you go. I'm like, wow. See, if you had a dream, go talk to a real prophet. They'll explain it to you. You're only seeing your eternal self. You see yourself flying in those dreams? God says you were created to fly. You've been dragging yourself, not believing who you are. You believe the lies of what men said, that you're called to drag yourself. And God says you were called to fly. Those that wait upon the Lord, they will mount their wings on eagles. I believe you got wings like eagles. It's either a giant eagle you get on or you're going to spread your arms and have wings as well. It's one or the other. And it could be both. <laughs> when I saw Lord of the Rings, I'm like, oh, my God. At the end of it, you know, they're like dying in the fire and the giant eagles come and swept them away. 
I'm like, that's it. <laughs> they're, they're being mounted up on wings of eagles, you know, and they wake up like in heaven, right? They wake up in this golden place. I'm like, what? God, hear my perverse mind. I had a perverse mind and I started seeing beauty in places I never could see beauty. And that's the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God. Last week, we spoke about um, love the person, right? And years ago, when I first became a pastor, I, I did a whole, my first whole year, I taught on the fruits of the Spirit. God's like, you're going to speak only of the fruits of the Spirit for a whole year. I'm launching as a pastor, and God's like, fruits. Because they'll be known by the fruits. Not the anointing, not the jumping, not the skipping, not the miracle signs and wonders. Miracle signs and wonders follow you. But you are known by the fruits. The fruits reveal who you are. The gifts and the talents, it's what you do. But the fruits is who you are. And he showed me that the fruits was a person. So last week I was speaking about love the person. The Bible says God is love. See, we, we were taught love is a feeling. Love is an attraction. Love is an emotion. And never realized that God, that love was a person. And love, he is so patient. And love, he's so kind. That's what um, scripture says. And goodness, today we're speaking about goodness. The person of goodness. And goodness is a person. See, we think that goodness is a verb. Goodness is what God does. No, good is who God is. The Bible says God is good. Sometimes, hey, good. <laughs> God is good. God is everything. But when we understand it, not just that's an action, like I have to do this, I have to do that, but allowing that person to come into you, then you transform. You change in a way. It's not by your effort. It's not by your might, but it's by the Spirit of God that dwells in you. And he leads you in a way. If you're still trying to work it out yourself, I'm like, go back into your prayer closet. He already worked it out. So if you're working it out, no. You don't work it out. You trust him in what he says. You follow his leading. He said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow. And the voice of a stranger, they do not follow. So he already worked it out. He already said it's finished. You just got to walk in the finish that he provided for you. Or if the battle belongs to the Lord, then why are you fighting a battle? Uh, <laughs> he's like, don't drop the mic, drop the paper. <laughs> you know, I don't know how that just happened either. <laughs> he's like, angels. <laughs> like, I don't know what just happened there, but it was interesting. <laughs> Something had to say an amen. Everybody's so quiet. Something over here has to go, amen to that. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> That was very mysterious, right? <laughs> Jesus, I love the Lord. <laughs> and <laughs> oh, <laughs> I just feel all this heat over me now. <laughs> oh, God is so good. God is so good. I praise you, God. <laughs> he just done messed me up right now, so I got to, like, recover. <laughs> The Lord, in Exodus 34, 6, it says, The Lord, the Lord, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. It's Him. When you look at the fruits, God is love. God is joy. God is faithfulness. He is. When the lady with the issue of blood, right, comes to Jesus... And, and she touches the hem of his garment. He's like, somebody touched me. Oh, Lord, all these people around you, you say somebody touched you. Everybody's touching you. He goes, no, no, you don't understand. He wasn't talking about physical touch. He was talking about spiritual touch. Somebody in the physical went in spirit and pulled something. She didn't even know she was doing. And then he says, she's like, oh, Lord, it was me. I heard of you. Faith comes through hearing faith not a feeling faith not just a hope faith the person came and then what he said he says 
faith has saved you today. Your faith has saved you today. Not like this little thing she had. He was her faith. Who was she having faith in? She was having faith in him. He was faith at the moment, and he saved her. By faith, Abraham. Because God spoke to Abraham, it was that faith in God. So it wasn't something of him. Even faith, when you get faith, when you get faith, it's something God gives you. You don't obtain faith by yourself. God put it in you. He gave you that gift, the gift of faith, right? He puts it in you, and all of a sudden, you start believing some ridiculous things. You're like, mm. I remember I used to hang with Frankie at the beach, and we had the beach hanging out, and I'm like, something's coming. Ministry's going to come. We're at the beach hanging out, and I used to be like, we didn't have a home church. And I'm like, I feel it. I'm going to be in ministry. And then literally a month or two months later, we visited church. A month later, I made a pastor. I'm like, no, I can't be no pastor. Yeah, I, the pastor had a prophetic word about me coming in there and that happening. So he's like, we're launching a church for you. What? No. That's not how I became a pastor. I kid you not. I was, I was not a member in the church for seven years. Came to the resting place. A month later, I was made a pastor. And we have witnesses here. And I'm crying. I'm like, I'm not worthy of this. It's, like, it's not about you being worthy. It's about the assignment that God put in your life. God made you. I, I honestly, I feel like sometimes God has this computer up there making characters and going like, okay, I'm going to make this character. You know how Walt Disney created Mickey or whoever designed Cinderella? You know, all these movies we watch, people create characters and they give them a, a, a storyline and they give them weaknesses and strength and they like Marvel Comics, right? All these superheroes, somebody sat there and created these powers and what their stories and the drama and their life is going to be. Sometimes I'm like, is that what you're doing up there? Like you create us, you give us these stories and then you're going to pop up into our story? I don't know. Maybe it's just me overthinking. But it's pretty neat, even when I watch the Marvel movies, how before he passed away, how Stanley was like in every single movie. And I'm like, they don't even realize that's their God. Like, he's the one that created them, right? He's like the bus driver. He's the guy in the pickup truck. He's the, the policeman walking by. And I'm like, he's there, he's there, he's there, he's there. And I'm like, is that what you're doing with us? And we don't even know it, that you're inside every single one of our movies, but we haven't identified you. And okay, this is my relationship with God. I talk to God like that. And I'm like, and he's like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm like, awesome. <laughs> you know, like. But the Lord, he's good. It's who he is. It's not what he does. But because the Lord is good, then everything he does is good. We go to the book of Genesis. Everything he made was good. You know, and God created the heavens and the earth, and it was good. And then God made the trees and the bees, and it was good. He made the flowers. He made the whales. And if you, you read the story, this is my version of it. I know it's, they, they say it a little bit more lamer. He created the beasts in the ocean. And he created the beasts in the field. And he created the birds in the sky. And it was good. And he created the stars in the sky. And it was good. And he created the firmament. And it was good. But I like, that's so narrow-minded. When you read it, if you, if you don't have imagination. But when you start looking at, cre when you look at, at God creating all these things. I'm an artist. I like painting. So it takes time to put the little trees in the background. It takes time to do all these details. So when you slow down and you realize, wow, wait, you were, you were creating? Years ago, I didn't paint. God took me to heaven. I had an encounter with Jesus, and he says, you're going to paint. I don't know how to paint. I don't know how to draw. He's like, I'm going to teach you. And I never, I mean, I wouldn't even tell Christians this. Because I came from Pentecost. See, if God speaks to you, you're going to be a prophet. You're going to go to the nations. You're going to prophesy. You're going to go to the Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. Right? And then I see the glory of God. He says, you're going to draw. Okay, I'm crazy. He's like, you're going to draw. Pick up a paper. Four in the morning, get up and draw. I still have the doodles, horrible stick figures. And I'm crying. He goes, now go to a church and show them this. I'm like, what? This doesn't even make sense. These are ugly. I mean, he goes, I'm going to teach you. And I didn't know how to color. I didn't know how to do none of that. And he goes, wow, I'm not going to remember this. He's drawing. Now put the colors of, okay, you saw this guy. It was this color. Put this. It was. And I would write the words 
He goes, one day I'm going to teach you about colors. And I'm going to teach you how to put this all together. So many years later, I have this iPad and I'm always just, oh, I had a vision. Try it. Make it beautiful. And I now, I, and he even took me back to remake all those drawings where I already had the colors. He goes, now remaster it. All of that, all of that, it wasn't to make me famous or to make me a preacher. God was teaching me about colors. God was teaching me about creation because he wanted to reveal the creator to me. He wanted to reveal to me who he was as creator. And then, like, I remember one day he scooped me up and I felt like I was sitting on a cloud. And he was showing me creation. And even though we say in seven days, but seven days for God is like a thousand. One day is like a thousand years. So when you're in his glory, his dimension, he was just showing me how he was making everything. And then somehow putting everything together and everything in itself. You know, and just he made your cells to then put your cells in you. Your chromosomes and your DNA and then put them in you. Your kidney, your hair. He's just putting these people together, making these people to love these people and it's good it's good and I never saw it like that he goes this is why I wanted to teach you about drawing and colors and creativity because I'm creator I'm creative and then he started showing me the colors in heaven but when he started showing me the colors in heaven then I started seeing the colors in earth and I started seeing the colors in my enemies the very people that wounded me the very people that broke my heart, all of a sudden I looked at them through his lens and not through my lens. And then he's like, hey, let's go to Ybor City. Walk into that club. Walk into the club and I see a queen. I'm like, he goes, tell her she's a queen. I literally saw a, a girl just doing her thing and I saw a queen. I saw her dressed as a queen. Like, I don't even know how my eyes did that. And I'll go tell her who she is. I'm like, excuse me. God just told me to tell you you're his and that you are a worshiper. You used to be preaching and you used to be leading worship. And now you find yourself here. And that Holy Spirit came upon her. She started speaking in tongues, going crazy at the club. How does that happen? Because God can open our eyes to see his kids through his eyes and not through our eyes. People always wonder, well, why you go to the gay pride parades and preach and, and love people and hug people? I was like, because he loved me first. Where was I? Where he met me. I wasn't fasting and praying. I was in the world. I was lost. And then he came and found me. I didn't find myself. He literally found me because I had lost hope. I wanted to end my life. And then he says, I choose you. Come. And I don't know. And I heard his voice. And his voice wasn't thunder. His voice was honey. His voice was so sweet. And when he spoke, he sounded like a poet. I'm like, you rhyme. And when you speak, everything's happening. He literally speaks and everything happens at the same moment. You're like, I, the only way I can explain it is Dora the Explorer. <laughs> like, she's going and there's like somebody narrating her story. And then she's like, and the fox jumps out the hole. And then the fox jumps out the hole. And I'm like, and the Lord would speak. And I'm telling you. All of creation responded to him. And I'm just like, this is amazing. So everything you speak comes to pass. He goes, that's what I said in my word. I said, but we weren't reading it that way. I mean, none of you are reading it that way. Because he, for you to understand what the word of God is saying, you need to have ears to hear what the spirit is saying. If you don't have ears to hear, and it's not talking about physical ears, you have to have spiritual ears to hear the very same word that is physical is also a spiritual word you either going to listen to it in this frequency or you're going to listen to it in the higher frequency but when you hear it in the spirit frequency when he took me to the glory he was high and lifted up the train of his robe fills the temple there are streets of gold his face does shine like the sun his eyes are blue fire when he speaks it does sound like many waters he already told us. We think, we think we're going to, when we get to heaven, we think we're going to find out something we never knew. No, you know what you're going to find out? That it was always in your face. It was always, we already had it. 
we were just reading it in a carnal mentality. We were reading it in the ways of man. We were reading it through the theology. We were reading it through philosophy. We were reading it through religion, but we were not reading it through love. But when you read it through love, you're like, no way. No way. No way. This was here the whole time. He goes, I told you I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You were with me the whole time. I saw it. I know. And he told me. And I'm like, Lord, but I always want to go to the glory. I want to be like this forever. He goes, the time is coming, but it's not yet. But the time's coming when we'll be like this forever. But meanwhile, you're on earth. You need to know that I'm there with you even when you can't see me. And I started living life 10 years ago like, he's good. He doesn't lie. He's faithful. He's here. I don't feel it. I don't sense it. But I don't live by my feelings. I don't live by my senses. I live by what he said. He said he wasn't going to leave me. Then he's not going to leave me. And that's faith. That's holding on to him. That's holding on to his goodness. My mom went through cancer in 2014. And I lived in Florida. I've been living here for seven years. And God said, pack your bags. You got to go. Pain. The biggest pain I ever felt in my life. And he spoke to me in a dream and he says, go because you're going to see my glory. And as much pain as I had to leave the life that I had established in Florida, I let it all go. And I said, you said I'm going to see your glory. You said I'm going to see your glory. It wasn't through a prophet. It wasn't through church people. It was through a dream. And there were moments where I thought my mom was going to die on me. I saw my mom on the floor. And to the point that I was literally with my back against the wall, like sliding down the wall because I thought I was going to faint. But my mom was screaming out the name of the Lord in the hospital like bloody murder. She didn't care. I never seen a believer scream out the name of God in their pain. Like my mom was screaming out the name of God. The doctors would come in, everybody's looking at her, she's in this crazy pain. She said, I still believe in you! I still believe in you! And she would cry and cry. And I'm just like, but he healed her. My mom is cancer free. My mom is alive. And it changed my life. It was painful. It was so painful, scary as hell. Because hell is scary and there was no other feeling. I used to go home shaking. I'll be strong in front of my family and then I'll go home and collapse. And say, God, I can't do this. I was supposed to go through this, God. I'm alone, God. And Jesus would come through the wall. And he would take me in his arms. And he would speak to me. I would see him walk right through the wall. I'm telling you, in your most painful time, it's when God's going to show up mighty. When you least expect it, he'll wrap you up in his love. And then it's like Novocaine. He'll just like, I was having church all those years by myself in that process. Times where I was like, where are you, Christian? Why are they not calling to pray? Why? Why? And he said, pick up the phone and you call them. And you pray for them. And I, people everywhere know that I will call them and give them a word in the middle of my pain. He said, the word that they're not speaking to you, the word that you're waiting for, you release that word on them. And it was, they're crying because they're like, how do you know what I'm going through? And I'm like, they really don't know. They seriously don't know because they're also going through their trials and tribulations. Sometimes you're waiting for people and you think they have it all together, but they're going through hell as well. And maybe in the middle of your chaos, you're going to have to stand up like the lady with the issue of blood because you have a little bit of faith and just pursue it. Pursue it with all you have and you will see the might of God. And the very thing that was created to destroy you, at that very moment, God transforms it, and it blesses you. It blesses you. And that is the person of goodness. That's who he is. He's that good that even the evil things, he's like, watch me do it. Abused right here at the age of four years old. 
abused, molested, never thought that that abuse could be anything good. And for years, I used to go to youth camp. And I used to be like, I used to feel a pain in my heart right here. And I used to wish I could tell people. And I couldn't. There was something holding me back from telling people of my pain. And then at youth camp 2002, they br- it was a youth, conven- a youth convention in, in Orlando. They bring a preacher from Puerto Rico to preach. I'm a young man. I was 22 years old. I'm sitting in the row. And God says, you want to be healed? I said, you know I want to be healed. He says, go tell the preacher to give you the mic and testify. What the heck? <laughs> you know? And he said it again. If you want to be healed, go to the preacher. Tell him to give you the mic and testify. And at that moment, it's either going to be God or it's going to be not God. It's, it's either or at that moment. But I knew it was God. I didn't know what that man was going to believe. I didn't know what. I, I literally thought I'm going to get embarrassed in front of people. And I get up. My youth pastor's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, they always, I always got in trouble. They never understood. Why is Abraham so crazy? I was like, because I was desperate for a miracle. Sometimes you see people crazy, but it's because they are desperate for a miracle. They are willing to climb up a tree and start screaming out the name of the Lord just to receive their miracle. They are so crazy, they will crawl under multitudes of people just to obtain a miracle. And everybody could be like, oh, just shut up already. I'm blind and I need a miracle. It doesn't make sense to you because you don't need a miracle. I need a miracle and I'm desperate for a miracle and I want my miracle and I'm going to do what it takes to get a miracle. And I did. And they didn't understand me. You're always doing Trust me. And I went to the preacher. In front of like 800 people. You were there. And he was there. He was one of my youth. He was 15. I was 22. He's the only one that stuck by my side. Because <laughs> I found him when he was lost. <laughs> at Bush Gardens. <laughs> at a salsa concert while he was a DJ. <laughs> so God will tell you to do crazy things. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's go back to the one testimony. Um, and I go, I say, I just heard God. God said, for you to stop preaching, give me the mic because I need to testify. And he just looks at me like, get on the altar. I'm closing. And he believed. My youth pastors didn't believe. Nobody else believed in that room, but that preacher believed. And he closed the gathering. He gave me the microphone. And I don't know, I was crying. My youth pastor's next to me. He goes, why are you always doing these things? And da, 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 da. And I'm like, can you trust me? I'm crying. I'm about to do something I've never done. Can you trust me? Can you just simply hold my hand? He's like, fine. He holds my hand. And the moment I start testifying about my abuse, I'm not crying no more. The tears go away. And all of a sudden, a boldness arises. And young people in that whole room start falling everywhere. It was like 75 kids. They will run to the altar without an altar call. You pray for me because you know what I went through. All of a sudden, the confession was happening. All of a sudden, the healing was happening in people's lives. The very thing created to destroy me, that very thing, was now healing people's hearts. It was changing people's hearts. And I remember the power of God moved mighty that day. All those young kids, I mean, 15, 16, 17, getting baptized with the Holy Spirit. You know young kids when they get the Holy Ghost, they just get crazy. <laughs> They're all over the place. They don't know how to handle all that power. Should have seen me the day I got baptized with the Holy Ghost on November 21st, 1991. I was in the front of the church, ended up in the back. I moved every single pew, every single chair. I moved everything that day. <laughs> but I'm still going. I'm still going. (laughs) Hallelujah. And then I sat in a chair like this. And I was there like this in awestruck wonder. Like, what just happened? And the person, I saw the person of the Holy Spirit. It was a person made of light. He came and he leans over to my ear. And he says, by the way, you've been healed. That's what he said. And he says, blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply you. And healing, I will heal you. And I discovered, this went through my whole body right there. It was like, whew, thank you, Father. You need a miracle. 
manifest it. Give somebody else the very thing you need. You need a word of encouragement? Don't leave today. I give you permission to go give somebody an encouraging word today. If you need a hug today, I give you permission to go give somebody a hug. You need a shoulder to cry on? Today. Don't leave this place without giving your shoulder to somebody. And I promise that healing, you're about to get healed. Delivering, you're about to get delivered. You see, we've been waiting to get it first to then go do it. And God's waiting for you to go do it so that you can get it. Because you're going to get it. When you start believing God that he's good. When you start believing God that he's author. When you start believing God that he's finisher. All of a sudden you're going to be like, oh, I just have to start moving. Well, I was waiting for the provision, but the moment I took the first step, the provision came. I promise you. He's waiting for you to take the step of faith. He's waiting for you to just go ahead and do it. Don't be afraid. Fear is not your portion. Love is your portion. Grab it. Run with it. Move with it. Because he's good. He's good. You see, oh, give thanks to the Lord. And this is First Chronicles 16, 34. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And for his mercy endures forever. That's who he is. In Ezra 3.11 it says, And they sang respon responsively. Not responsibly. Responsively. Like with your response. Let your, your song is your response to his declaration. If he said he's going to do it, you should just say, I bless you now. I'm not going to wait for it to manifest. The simple fact that you gave me a word is going to cause me to respond in praise. The fact that you spoke a word, I'm going to open my mouth and I'm going to sing a new song to you. Because I know one thing. That you are the truth. And the truth only speaks truth. The truth doesn't speak lies. He is the truth, so he only speaks truth. And every word that comes out of God's mouth in its time and in its season is going to bear the fruit. You're going to see the answer. So start praising. Oh, it's coming, it's coming. I bless you, my Lord. And you can make up songs. You don't have to sing Hillsong or Bethel. How about you sing Frankie? How about you, you sing Heather? How about you sing Ralphie? And I'll sing Abraham. And I bet you there's a beautiful symphony when all those songs come together. Just answer in your response. Let it be worship. He's gonna, mm, he said it. Mm, he said it. Oh, I'm going through hell and high water. I'm going through storms and fires and deserts and valleys. Oh, but he said it. He said it. He said it. Whatever he says shall come to pass. That's it. Point blank. In Psalm 25a, it says, good and upright is the Lord. You see how he's telling you, I'm good? You go through the scripture, he's like, hey, I'm good. It, it, the, one of the verses says, he who comes to me must know that I'm good. See, a lot of people have been coming to God because they think God is bad or God is mean or God is evil or God's going to destroy them. But that's the wrong mentality. Sorry, I'm coming against your theology. But by the, the chastisement, the punishment of your peace went upon him. So why will he be ready to punish you? If he willingly, out of love, took your punishment, why is he ready to release his wrath on you? The only wrath you're about to get is a wrath of love. You're going to get enveloped in the surrounding glory, all surrounding might of God. You're going to be like, this is too much love. Yes, keep going. That's what he does. That's what I discovered. If he was crushed for your iniquities, then why is he ready to crush you? Now, he took it upon himself. If he would, he received stripes on his back, which means he was beat, beat on his back for your healing then why will he want to beat you? Maybe your father, maybe your uncle, maybe your grandfather, maybe your pastor were wrong. But God is always right. 
But maybe some angry people took the message of God and gave you an angry message. And they gave you a hateful message instead of giving you the message of love and hope. And he's the savior of the world. He says, I didn't come to condemn the world. I came to save the world that in me, in me, all would be saved. Man, you learn the Bible like that. Or people look at me, they're like, dude, you know so much Bible. Like, how do you just, how do you just recite Bible? Well, what happened was, when God took me to heaven, you only speak word in heaven. <laughs> you don't speak Spanish or English or French in heaven. You speak word. <laughs> you don't even speak tongues in heaven. You speak word. You're like, hey, the Lord is good. He is mighty and worthy to be praised. I'm telling you. I'm telling you until you get there. You're going to be like, I didn't know I know so much word. <laughs> you do. The word of God lives in you. It's just amazing how you are a fountain yourself. You go to heaven, you're like, word, 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 how? And I, I came back to earth. I was like, why don't I remember all those Bible verses? All I remember was speaking Bible verses the whole time. And then I'm back on earth. I'm like, but how did it happen? And now I'm hearing myself preach. I'm like, Jesus, it's happened finally. It's coming forth. It's hidden in you. You are the vessel of the Lord and in you, in you, there's a great treasure. The great treasure doesn't come out at any moment just because when there's a need for the treasure to be exposed, it comes out and it's shown. And when somebody needs a word, you're going to be like, hey, we were at Bush Garden yesterday. Jesus Christ. We, I, I don't know what happened at Bush Gardens yesterday. <laughs> I get into Bush Garden. I'm like, I didn't even tell him nothing. I'm like, oh, my God, I I'm experiencing the glory. Right at the entrance of Bush Garden, I feel like I was entering his courts. And I'm like. Oh my God, is this possible? And then he's like, we get to the food court. It's really nice, right? It's like pillars and stuff. And he's like, bro. I'm like, what? He goes, we're in front of the mansions. And I'm like, uh, act normal. Act normal. <laughs> They're going to call the cops on us. He's like, eh, rebosha. I'm like, stop, stop. Normal, normal. We found a spot by a fountain. There was nobody there. Then we're like, eh, rebosha. Oof, feel the glory, feel the glory. You see that? You see that? Oh my God. And I'm looking at the people. I'm like, the people don't even know. The people don't even know. And then God starts giving me words for the people. And I'm like, excuse me. You having fun? I saw a man and the Lord said, tell him he's blessed. He's walking by me. I'm like, no, I'm not going to go to that man. He's going to go to him tell him he's blessed. I'm excuse me, sir. I hear God right now. He says, you're, you're blessed. And I just started declaring all these promises. And then I leave. I'm walking down through another side of the park. I see this lady. I saw her shining. I'm like, miss God says you're shining the glory of the Lord is upon you and I start releasing all these Bible verses and then the same man I had seen over there comes and stands next to the lady and I thought I was in the matrix or twilight zone or something I'm like I look at her I look at him I'm like you know him she goes that's my husband I'm like oh my god that's crazy that's crazy I was all the way over there and I saw this man and God gave me a word for him and now I'm giving you a word and then the Lord says it's because she's praying for her husband and I'm like, oh, the Lord says, keep praying. He hears it, and that lady starts crying. She's like, oh, my God. She gets excited, releasing word on her. How does that happen? Thousands and thousands of people, and you end up ministering to the husband and then to the wife. And they were not together. They were in different sides. And I'm just like, he's my witness. I got a witness right there. And it was just so beautiful. And throughout the day, I'm walking. I saw a lady sitting down with her child, and I'm walking that way. And God says, tell her she's a good mother. And I'm walking by her, and I'm like, I don't know if I should. And then when I look at her, her, sh her shirt said, to God be the glory. I'm like, yeah, excuse me. I just heard the Lord. And the Lord says, you're a good mother. And we just start releasing the promises of God. She's like, oh, my God, I needed this right now. And I'm like, your shirt was assigned to me because God already gave me a word, but I wasn't sure if I should do it or not. And the whole day in the park, like roller coasters, woohoo! And then, excuse me, let me tell you. I'm like, wow, life like this is awesome. And people don't get it. We're still waiting to come to church, to worship God, to release a word, to pray, to sing, to worship. When God said, be free. And everything that you do, do unto the Lord. Everywhere you go, do it for the glory of God. And I'm telling you, you'll be released from your own mindset. You'll be released from your own fears. And you'll discover the goodness of, of God. You'll discover the, the love of God. I'm going to ask the worship team to start playing something because I'm ready to get closing see the Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are, are over all his works 
You are the work of the Lord. You are his masterpiece. You are his creation. He's, you are his storybook. He's doing something amazing with you. And his mercies are over you. It's not just on a work that you're doing. Every single one of us is his creation. And his mercies are upon us. Amen. And it says no one is good but one. God. That is God. God is good. God is the person of goodness. Goodness follows you all the days of your life. Right? It says mercy and goodness. Psalm 23. Follow you. We think it's just like, oh, everything's going to be good. Everything's going to work out. You know why everything's going to be good and everything's going to work out? Because goodness. There's a person of goodness that walks with you. And even when things are broken, they're fixing them and making them good. And putting everything together, even though everything's chaotic. He, he takes the desolate places and he restores them. Go back to Isaiah and read Isaiah, not in judgment, but read Isaiah in love. There's a banquet, guys. Oh, man, he wants to take the... Come on, let me go real quick. He's telling me to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to just share this real quick. Because he's changing everything around. That's what goodness does. Goodness turns everything around. I'm just going to read this really quick. And you can, right there where you're at, just, just worship him and let, let the words and the song and the sounds and the music, let it minister to your heart. We're almost done, I promise. This is random, so I got to look it up because... He just gave me this. But I'm, I'm going to go to Isaiah 54. And this is you. You're the bride of Christ. Whether you're male or female on earth, we are the bride of Christ. And many of you, you've been waiting. Maybe you've been waiting for your ministry to be fulfilled. Maybe you are waiting for a real marriage. Or maybe you're waiting for real children. But maybe you're also waiting for spiritual children. You're waiting for the promise that God gave you. And it seems like all these years you've been waiting and it's not going to happen. And I want to dedicate this to you right now. Because God's commanding you. Not forcing you. A command doesn't mean you better do this. No. He's commanding blessings upon you. He's releasing from eternity over your life. So whatever it is you've been waiting for, it might be like a ministry you know is supposed to happen and you don't know how to step out. Maybe it's overcoming a fear and you don't know how to overcome that fear. Maybe it's an insecurity and you don't know how to step out of that insecurity. It could be numerous things. But he says, sing. Sing barren woman who has never had a baby. And that baby is not just a physical child because I'm speaking spirit. What is the baby that God gave you? What is the dream that God gave you? Remember the other verse? He says they heard the word of the Lord and they respond with a song. They respond with a praise. So here he's saying it again. He says, sing, barren woman who has never had a baby, fill the air with song. You who have never experienced childbirth, you're ending up with far more children than all those childbearing women God says so. You saw the people with the powerful ministry, but you didn't know when your ministry was going to come. You saw the people with a powerful business, but you didn't know how your business was going to come. You saw people with a beautiful family, and you didn't know how your beautiful family was going to come. Or you saw them with a beautiful marriage, and you didn't know how your marriage was going to come. It just seems so impossible for you, but God tells you today, sing. Maybe you saw them filled with the Holy Spirit and glory, and you wish you could feel that joy. You wish you could speak in tongues. You wish you could dance in the spirit like everybody else does but you don't want to be fake you don't want to you want to you want it to be real so you're waiting and the lord is saying sing out in a song because you're going to end up with more than what they have your portion is bigger your portion is greater you saw them drunk in the spirit you're about to overdose in glory. We're going to have to carry you home. You're not going to be able to drive. You were happy because they spoke in tongues for two hours. Get ready. You're about to speak in tongues for two days. You were watching them because they, they had one miracle. They had one wonder because they led one person to Christ. Well, get ready. You're about to lead thousands to Jesus. 
Get ready because you're about to see miracle signs and wonders like you never imagined. Thing that ear has not seen, seen, um, ear has not heard, thing that eye has not seen, thing that has not entered into your mind are the very things that God has prepared for you. The Lord says, clear lots of ground. Clear lots of ground for your tents. Make space. Enlarge your territory. It's okay if you're waiting. Expand. Make space. Make space because the blessing is going to be that big. Move the chairs. Move the people. Move everything. Not physically. I'm speaking spirit. I don't have somebody running and start moving the chairs for real. <laughs> but just make space. Right? Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the 10 pegs deep. Go deep. Go deep. Go deep because God, what God has for you, no man is going to shake it. Even when the winds come, when the storm blows, I'm declaring over you that your house will not fall. So go deep into the Lord. Go deep like a root. Go deep, go deep till you find the rock of ages down there. and Hold on to it because what God's preparing for you is glorious. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're going to take over whole nations. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. Don't be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. Do not hold back. You're not going to come up short. You will forget about all the humiliations of your youth. All that's going away. You're going to forget it. The blessings of God are going to be so amazing. You're going to forget about your humiliation. The glory of God is so mighty, you're going to forget about your weakness and your sins and the times that you done messed up. God says, I'm cleaning the slate. I'm starting you over in your real place. And he says, and the indignities of being a widow will fade from memory. For your maker is your bridegroom. His name, God of the angel armies. Your redeemer is the holy of Israel known as God of the whole earth. You were like an abandoned wife, devastated with grief, and God, God welcomed you back. Like a woman married young and then left, God says. But your Redeemer says, I left you, but only for a moment. Now, with enormous compassion, I'm bringing you back. Listen to these words, because these are the words of the Lord. These are not the words of a prophet. These are not words of a man. This is God on his throne. You got to envision, use your imagination right now. God in his throne, high and lifted up, that golden throne with precious stones. Sitting there looking at these tiny little people. And he's speaking from eternity into time. He's speaking, if you see it, he's speaking all the way from eternity and meeting you in this moment right now at 1210 today. But it came from eternity. That word's been traveling like a comet through space and through time coming to meet you right now, to pierce your heart right now. God says, I'm meeting you today. My word was meant for today. It was written thousands of years ago, but it's coming into your life today. Now, with enormous compassion, I'm bringing you back. In an outburst of anger, I turned my back on you, but only for a moment. It seems like ages for humanity that God was angry. And it was just one tiny moment that God was like, Adam. And we're like, ah. And we're still in the, ah. He's like, it was only a moment, guys. It was only one moment, but because we're in time, we're still feeling the effects of that. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Don't ever. Not even for a moment. But it's with lasting love that I'm tenderly caring for you. Guys, it's with lasting love. It's not just love. It's lasting love. It's a love that goes on and on and on and on. In Psalm, uh, in Psalm I think 103 or 139, it says that he goes from one eternity into the next. And the next. It's like we, every eternity, every, I don't even know how that works yet, guys. I'm trying to explain something I don't even know that good. But... All I know is he said from this eternity unto the next, I'm going to love you. That's like from ever unto the next forever, I'm going to love you. Like how do you even explain that to tiny minds of humans? Just know that it's forever. 
He says, I promise then that, that the waters of Noah will never again flood the earth. I'm promising now no more anger, no more dressing you down. For even if the mountains walk away and the hills fall to pieces, my love for you won't walk away from you. My covenant commitment of peace will not fall apart. The God who has compassion on you says so. I'm about to rebuild you with stones of turquoise. Lay your foundations with sapphires. You need to have imagination. You have to see this in the spirit. Because this is a beautiful place. What he's building, he's not making out of mud. He's not making out of dirt. He created man at the beginning with dirt. But how are we going to look like? We're going to look like him. We're going to be like him. Get ready because you're going to shine. Eternally, you're going to shine with the glory of God. You're going to be like, oh, my God, look at me. Look at me. We're all going to be like, look at me. You're going to be like, look at you. Look at me. Look at us. What? This is what God did for us? Is this what God did for us eternally? I know you're stuck on earth. I know you're stuck in your trials and tribulations. But I say lift your eyes up to the hills where your help comes from. Because your help comes from the Lord, creator of heaven and earth. Even if things down here don't make sense, just I fix my eyes on you, God. I fix my eyes on you and I know that you're good. I know that you're faithful. I will construct your towers with rubies your gates with jewels and all of your walls with precious stones you see Abigail's an artist so Abigail's like running through that city right now I just saw you running through the city <laughs> this is why God made me an artist because I know how to put colors together and I know when I'm creating something I'm like wow so as he describes his word now to me I'm like whoa I get to see this I get to imagine it. I get to envision this somehow. I never, I was raised in church. Somehow this Bible verse was judgment for me. I didn't even want to read it because when I read it, I saw fear. And I'm like, what was I thinking? I was really wrong. My perception was way off. And he says, and all of your children will have God as their teacher. What a mentor for your children. You will be built solid, grounded on righteousness, far from any trouble, nothing to fear, far from terror. It won't even come close to you. It won't even come close to you. It don't matter what you're going through. It's not coming close to you because God's turning it around. You need to just know, yeah, let it come. Let the haters hate because love is coming. I tell people now. I was like, I'm looking for some people to persecute me, please. <laughs> I need some persecutors in my life. Anybody wants to volunteer persecuting me? You see, because when God takes it, he makes it something different. See, when you curse me, I get blessed. So go ahead. Try Jesus. Try him. <laughs> I'm not afraid. You want to shame me? You want to put me down? You want to hurt me? Go ahead. It happened yesterday. Ralphie's my witness. We went to Bush Garden and I'm really done. We part, we're, part, we're waiting for a truck to move to slide in a park. As soon as he moved this, I'm pulling this lady. Drives in. I'm halfway in the spot. She's halfway in the spot. She's like, move. I'm like, no, we were waiting. And you're just trying to take it. She puts her car in drive and comes against my car. I'm, I put my car in parking. I was like, I was like hit my car. Hit my car. I'm waiting you to hit my car. It's going to be on. But I waited. And, and it's crazy. Because I was like, no, call security. I'm not. I didn't feel like. I could have been humble and back away, right? But God was like, stand your ground. Then we call security. Security comes. And then we tell her. I was like, we were pulling in. And this lady comes out of nowhere. And she's trying to hit my car. And then the lady's screaming from the other car. So the security goes over there, which security's name was Reina. Reina in Spanish means queen, by the way. So I'm like, wait, what's happening? And then she was so nice. So she comes back and she tells the lady, she goes, well, if, if somebody backs up, you know, then we don't have to call the police. If not, we're going to have to call the police. Nobody gets to the spot. We're going to have to circle it off. And I saw she didn't want to go through that. So I called Reina. I was like, Reina, you know what? Because of you, because you're so kind and nice, we're going to back up. It's unfair what she's doing. But and she goes, you know what? Ask for me at the front. When you park, ask for me at the front. So 
we park and we go to the front we ask for her she left us tickets so we didn't have to wait in line for the rides right you know and it was a blessing and so what was meant for evil got turned it around so when i saw her i was like hey i just want to say thank you i didn't want to i didn't i was like it was mean and i wanted to challenge that lady but you were so nice that i didn't want you to have a bad day she goes thank you so much she goes she was horrible you know, she used a different word, but I'm not gonna say it. But um, she was like, she was horrible. Um, but she goes, look at it this way. While she's waiting online for two hours, you get to ride the whole park and not wait. You get it? So it was the goodness of God, you know? And, 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 and that's just a little example to tell you that no matter what you're going through, it doesn't matter the challenges, the situations that are coming to your face, trust God be humble humble yourself at the feet of the Lord because he who humbles himself God will exalt your reward is coming your blessing is coming because of the person of goodness everything he does is good thank you for listening to this podcast from the resting place South Tampa campus we hope you feel honored empowered and full of faith because of what you hear and we would love to see you at a gathering soon for more resources like this head to trpfamily.org.